Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 104 in Edmonton. This is the second hour of Oilers now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott uh, with you. we got a lot to get to. It is the opening preseason encounter at home for the Edmonton Oilers against the Seattle Kraken. Normally, this wouldn't be such a big deal. It is because there's fans back at Rogers Place, which is where I'm at right now in Ice District. We will tell you that Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. Momentarily, we are going to go into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. We'll hear from him in 47 seconds' time. We'll have the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers, um, as well as the Oilers Now prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork. And we'll be joined by Edmonton Oil Kings General Manager Kurt Hill. Their regular season starts Friday against the Red Deer Rebels and from the Oilers Community Foundation, Natalie Minkler. So lots to get to. First, a text. It is from Glenn, the bartender. Hi, Bob, Brendan, and Mark. Bob, I have no issues with your quick COVID-19 updates. They're highly informative, generally short in time involved. And if everybody gets vaccinated, if everybody gets vaccinated, those COVID updates will be history. Uh, Glenn, the bartender, adds, I have mixed feelings about fans in the stands health-wise, but it'll definitely make for a better game. And finally, if Adam Larson is in the lineup tonight against the Oilers, I hope that the fans remember that he was a solid player for us when he was here. Cheers, Glenn, the bartender. Uh, while the Oilers are playing with David Hyman and Paulie Arvey, Drysaddle, RNH, and Yamamoto, Nurse and Barry, some of their best players, uh, Jordan Everle is with the team on the trip, but he is not going to play. Some of Seattle's better offensive players not in the lineup, nor is Adam Larson. However, uh, Adam Larson was a topic of conversation. Mark Spector. Speck, has your story moved yet on Adam Larson? 
No, I've been on the radio and not writing it, Bob. That's my issue you, here. You can't. Well, you know what? Uh, HRA grossly overpays you for your contributions to the show. So, but with all, uh, so later during the course of the afternoon, you will have a uh, column come out, come out on Sportsnet.ca. Did you get a chance to talk to Adam Larson? Because I don't think a lot of people have spoken to him since he ultimately elected to sign with the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I did. Uh, nice chat this morning with Adam Larson. Uh, that piece should be up on Sportsnet.ca within a couple hours. And, uh, yeah, he talked quite a bit about uh, why he chose Seattle and, and what it was, how difficult it was to leave Edmonton. He said that, uh, among other things, uh, you've alluded, Bob, to the fact that uh, it had a lot to do with the tragic death of his father here. Uh, it was, you know, it was something that, that played a lot into the decision. The other thing he said to me was it had nothing to do with money. He said Kenny's offer to me was exceptionally good. Uh, there was no, the orders did everything they could. He was very happy here. Uh, so really it was a personal decision that, uh, you know, the orders really didn't have much that they could do about that, Bob. And, I mean, you take a look at the offseason Edmonton had. They pretty much got everybody they wanted with the exception of getting Adam back. I think that's fair, Mark. I mean, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, and and I, I know uh, Adam spent some time with Leon Dreisettle over in Spain. Um, I'm sure it wasn't easy on Adam, but Adam's also got a family. And when when people go through the kind of and and just I guess we should explain this to the listeners. Um, Adam's parents flew in from Sweden about a thirty hour trip. Uh, Adam was on the ice practicing with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, sprinted off the ice, and I'm like, what is going on? That is not good. And uh, found out later, Tom McClellan was coaching the team at the time, and we found out later that day that Adam's father had gone into cardiac arrest, and he unfortunately ultimately passed away here in Edmonton. And for anybody that's had, uh, and he was relatively speaking a young man, anybody that's had tragedy like that, there is often uh, challenges uh, for uh, other family members when those sort of things occur, and, and who are we to to sort of judge in in any way, shape, or form when those sort of things happen? Everybody deals with these situations differently. I can't imagine it would have been easy for members of Adam's family to come back to Edmonton after that happened, Mark. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, right? I think that's a big part of it is, you know, his parents were here to see him play. Uh, when that tragedy occurred, his father was very young. I believe he was uh, 50 years old, Bob, yeah. a very healthy uh, former pick of the Los Angeles Kings. And, you know, just a healthy, a vibrant guy. It just, it's, you know, I lost my mother at a very young age. I was 24 years old. She was in her young 50s. And it, it's, uh, it, it's not easier or harder than losing a parent at any other time in your life. But when it hits so unexpectedly, uh, it, it's just a different kind of scar that it leaves. That's all. Yeah. And, you know, for the family, uh, I would very much be, I would, I would very much understand if that family sort of equated Edmonton with the place that, that their beloved father died. And that's just, you can't, you can't unsee that, Bob. You can't unring that bell. And uh, the best, you know, Adam's choice was to say, you know, I'm going to take a fresh start over in Seattle. And uh, I would, res- I absolutely respect that decision. I was like Adam Larson. He's a first of all, he's my kind of player. You know, he's a good, hard-nosed, tough player. Made your team better, and uh, good, solid, honest guy too. He called it like it was in the dressing room with us media guys, and uh, I got a lot of time for Adam Larson, Bob. Well, uh, you know, obviously for three of the four years that he was here, I was on every trip with him. Very kind, uh, devoid of ego. Was yeah. not not easy for him uh, to come into an Edmonton market where he gets traded for Taylor Hall 
who to this day is an incredibly controversial figure in this marketplace. Uh, Taylor's a pretty good player. He won an MVP, but ironically, Adam had, I mean, the first year, Adam, Adam out, uh, Adam's first year in Edmonton, he outperformed what Taylor did in New Jersey. Then the next year, Hall um, won the uh, won the league MVP, and that's around the time that Adam had the family tragedy. Uh, then he had some injuries in the, in the third year, and he was fantastic last year for the Oilers. Like, he was really good for Edmonton last season. And, and Mark, to a man, you'll never, you won't hear any of Adam's... Uh, sometimes when guys leave and go to other places, you can hear there's a little bit of tracer fire, you know what I mean, on some negative mm-hmm. energy. There was none of that when it came down. Not with this guy. Not with this guy. Like, the players loved him. So, all right, there you have it. And that piece will be up uh, as soon as I stop blabbing and and you start blabbing. Yeah, as soon as as I put the phone down and start uh, tapping away, Bob. (laughs) How excited are you? for? Like, you know, I'm I'm sitting here looking at Seattle, and they got, you know, they spent $650 bucks to get a team. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad they got the caliber of players. I, I wish Adam Larson was still an oiler. The situation was what it was, and they got a big, heavy defense. They're going to be good in goal. Um, how good do you think their team's going to be? The crack. I think that they can. You know, if if they can get a couple of guys on that team that that they're counting on to score goals, right? You know, a guy like like well, let's say Jordan Everly, just for fun. Uh, there, that's the place where I look at that club, and I, I sort of say. You know, where are all the goals going to come from, right? That's kind of my question. If they can solve that, if they can answer that question, I think that, you know, third, fourth place in, in this division is wide open. You know, who are they up against for those spots? They're up against the LA Kings team that isn't much better than they are. They're up against the Vancouver team that's, you know, I would look at them and say they're a little bit better. But the Calgary, I don't think, is even as good. I think there's, there's a playoff spot there for Seattle. If guys like... You know, if Yanni Gord can give you a couple more goals than maybe you expect, right? How's Jaden Schwartz going to play there? You know, they've got a lot of depth guys. I mean, Jonas Donskoy, he's a guy that can pop some goals. Someone has to do, I'm not saying exactly what William Carlson did. I'm not expecting, what do you have that year, 42? Sure, 43. Um, 43. I'm not saying you got to have that, but you need your own version of a William Carlson or two to, to make that to, to raise the tide a little bit, and if they do, they got a shot at the playoffs in the Pacific for sure. Yeah, I. Uh, so are you? Are you basically saying that your your expectation is Edmonton will be duking it out with Vegas for top spot? Yeah, I think those are the two premier teams in the Pacific Division for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I know you read the Athletic. Uh, there's a, a guy by the name of Dom Lucician who's uh, heavily analytics driven, and he does evaluations on teams and. He's been right, and he's admitted when he's been wrong. Okay? Like, he was wrong on Anaheim the last three years and has said that. He has four of the eight worst teams in the league in the Pacific Mark. So he's got Anaheim, San Jose, uh, L.A., and Vancouver, which surprised me a little bit because uh, I, I have Vancouver competing for a playoff. I think it's between Vancouver and Seattle. I think Calgary's making the playoffs. Maybe I'm completely out to lunch. I do have the Oilers right there with Vegas, and uh, part of it is Vegas doesn't have Marc-Andre Fleury anymore, and part of it is people are underestimating how good Edmonton's record's actually been, Mark, uh, basically since the Yamamoto recall in um, 
in 2020. Uh, last day of 2019. The Oilers, since December 31st, 2019, are tied for the sixth best winning percentage in the NHL with Toronto and Pittsburgh. Edmonton has gone 52-27-7 in the last 86 games. Like, that was before they significantly upgraded their forwards. Different type of defense, and yes, goaltending, what do you, are they going to come in seventh in save percentage? We don't know. But I think Vancouver... Like, I think Calgary makes the playoffs in the... Uh, Calgary and... I kind of got Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle, and maybe L.A. fighting for the final two spots. I do think Anaheim and San Jose are going to miss. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I think that's the way most people would look at it. I don't... I, I put Calgary nearer the bottom of that group. I think it's going to be a difficult year in Calgary. Um you know, it's. It, I think there's going to be some. There's going to be some tumultuous times in Calgary. I'm not sure that all the front office staff are going to make it through this season. Uh, Daryl Sutter is. is Daryl Sutter is a, is a player that, you know, his player or a coach whose players have not always enjoyed playing for him. And I will say this to you: they enjoy it when you're winning. When you were the LA Kings. Uh, Daryl was a tough guy. I remember they locked him out of his own dressing room one time. But I'll tell you what, there's a healthy respect for Daryl Sutter, the head coach, when there was a good team that was hard to play against and winning all the time. It's different being that coach if you're not winning, right? If Calgary's not winning, it's going to that whole Sutter dynamic, and I've known Daryl since he played, but that whole dynamic takes on a different tilt, right, when you're not a competitive team or a really good team, and that's what we're going to watch unfold at Calgary this year. Yeah, well, uh, it, I, I do think it's going to be interesting. Do you, Mark, I, and I mean this, like, did you read anything in a lot? We're talking preseason. Like, you know, I'm going to go Allen Iverson on you. We're talking preseason. We're talking yeah. practice here. Practice. We're talking practice. We're talking preseason, but I don't know. Like, when I see the guys that are scrapping it out for fourth-line roles in Edmonton, out playing and 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 winning puck battle and and the Flames had basically their bottom six forwards playing in that game and Edmonton had a line of their you know some fourth line guys playing in that game other than Derek Ryan who's you know third line center right now mm-hmm. but do you read like it's just they outshot him forty nine to fifteen was that just a bunch of veterans that said ah these guys ugh. We're disinterested. Like, Carolina came in and did that to Edmonton about four years ago in preseason, right? That happened here one time in preseason where the orders. Yeah, it's never – I mean, we all learn early in our careers, don't you know, don't hang your shingle out with large opinions and a bunch of smart commentary off an exhibition game, particularly the first one. You know, I'm going to say to you, when Edmonton gets into Vancouver for that last game and both teams are lining up there – they're pretty much their full lineups. Okay, no, let's watch those teams play. Let's see what happens, and we can make some assumptions. But no, Bob, listen, the Calgary Club was very disinterested in that game. A bunch of veterans playing in the first game. Um, I'm not. I'm not making any assumptions off that game. Edmonton to Calgary. The Oilers had a young lineup that was hustling hard. Listen, my analogy is this. I remember the Sedin brothers coming through here the odd time. In when they would play a road game, they would generally play it here. Uh, in the in the preseason, and the Oilers would run out a bunch of young guys who were looking to hit people and get after it. And I remember the Sedins looking at that game and going, "Man, we're just not in. We're not engaging. Sorry." And that was the Sedins. When, as I recall, Bob, when it meant something, the Sedins ran the Oilers show for about a decade. And in all that decade in the preseason, I don't. I'm not sure they had a point against Edmonton. So what you're saying then, Mark, is you do think there could be upheaval in Calgary. 
you're not convinced the team's very good. I obviously think their team's a little bit better than you think it is. I, I actually right. think that uh, the goaltender Markstrom's going to have a much better year this year than he was. You know, he was okay last year. I think he's going to go back to being a top ten guy in the league this year. Uh, so you're saying you don't think they're that good, but you also wouldn't read too much in a uh, preseason game where they got outshot 49 to 15. But you don't. Think I wouldn't read way. anything into it if the shots were the other way, Bob. In that game, I still wouldn't read it. It's the first game of the preseason. Oh, I think we'd be having a little bit different conversation on on the air today if that happened. I, <laughs> so, I, I but a different tone. I th- I think people were pleasantly surprised by the Oilers' performance Sunday night in Calgary. And my guess is, if you listen to Calgary radio on on Monday morning, they'd be like. Oh, that was a stink bomb. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a great way to open up with. Mark, I do, I can see it. Like, I think the Flames will be in the playoffs. But I will admit with you, if they're not, there's going to be turnover there. That That's inevitable. That's just the reality of the situation. You know what? Yeah. If the Oilers don't make the playoffs this year, there's well, going to be. Well, different. The Oilers, for sure. The Oilers need to make playoffs. They're in two different situations. You know, I know Oilers fans tired of hearing how the best is yet to come. They've been singing that song around here for far too long. But I'm looking at this team, and, and I, I have the ability to erase the last 15 years of history because to me they're meaningless. Uh, this team is getting better each of the last two years. They've improved themselves greatly. Uh, they're ready to take a step from a, a good regular season team to a good playoff team. That's my prediction. Let's see if I'm right. Maybe I'm dead wrong. I look at Calgary, and I see a team that really hasn't got much done with the group they have. I don't see a team that's improved themselves from last year, and they weren't good enough last year. Uh, I don't see a club that that has, is making strides in the right direction. I don't see a team with players like Pedersen and Quinn Hughes uh, that are young and they're going to get way better this year. Matt Kachuk is a guy that's still got some room to improve. Absolutely. Really good player for sure. Right? Name the next version. Is it Rasmus Anderson? Yeah, he's not a bad player, but I don't see him in the same uh, through the same lens as I see Quinn Hughes. So I don't think Calgary has not a bunch of fronts. Yeah, they got great goaltending, excellent goaltending, no question, better than Edmonton's. Uh, but you know what? The goalie can't score. So they're not rolling out the two top scores in the NHL over the last five seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't, you know, they got a big, tough, hard team, Trevor Lewis and Brad Richardson and, you know, Eric Goodbranson and Nikita Zadorov. And and let's face it, those guys have to go on the ice against Connor McDavid and try to get the puck from them. Right? Imagine if they actually call the cross-checking penalties and some of the obstruction and that sort of thing. I guess. Did you hear Connor McDavid's quote this morning? <laughs> he seemed a little nonplussed. He said, yeah, every year they come up with some kind of a new thing they're going to call, and then it tends to just sort of drift away, he said. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be interested. You know what? Give Connor credit because he's saying exactly what everyone else would say, too. I totally agree with him. It does drift away. Let's see if the cross-checking penalties hang around you know this what, year. You know what's funny about star players is after a while when the league doesn't actually call out when they say they're going to, then maybe, you know, doing things like the car wash in Toronto or Chicago, maybe those start to drift away, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, that's fair, Bob. Right? That's fair. Some might, fair. Some, might, some might think, hey, or, it, there might be a correlation between those two. His name is Mark Specter. Speck, we got a lot to get to. We got Natalie Minkler coming on uh, from the Oilers Community Foundation. The Edmonton Oil Kings are going to have a hell of a team. They've already got Sebastian Kosa back from Detroit, Speck. Uh, Dylan Gunther and Jake Neighbors 
Rangers, both first-round picks. Jake's still St. Louis. We'll see how long Dylan Gunther ends up in uh, uh, Arizona. And... Uh, They've got one other guy, Jalen Lupin, ended up getting injured uh, in Chicago's camp. I don't think it's serious. He is not back, but the Oil Kings, Mark, I'm going to tell you right now, they will be the overwhelming preseason consensus favorite to win the Eastern Conference. They've been a team the last two years because of no COVID, uh, no Memorial Cup. We haven't seen what they might have been capable of, and this is this is going to be their last run, uh, but they got a good team, Speck. Yeah, let's hope that, that all those COVID things and everything don't completely get in the way and erase, you know, the high end of this cycle, right, Dave? But I give the Oil Kings organization credit. Like, when they get good, they're real good, and they win a Memorial Cup, and then they go back down, and now they've built up, and they've built up a real good team. So I hope for their sake, Bob, they get a chance to, to compete legitimately for the Western Hockey League title and then the ensuing Memorial Cup because they've – you know what? They've earned the right. They're doing it right over there. And for the listeners that are unaware, the Edmonton Oil Kings are the last WHL franchise to have won the Memorial Cup uh, back in 2014. That is Mark Spector. Spec, we'll look forward to your piece on Adam Larson coming up. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Catch the Alberta Breeders Fall Classic this Saturday at Century Mile, featuring seven races for Alberta bred horses only. Live thoroughbred racing each Friday and Saturday, post time, 6.15. Uh, we'll head into the Oilers Now Injury Report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. And Dmitry Samarukov out with a broken jaw. Dylan Holloway out with a... Uh, uh, multiple months with wrist surgery. Duncan Keith could possibly play the Oilers' final three games, said Dave Tippett today. Uh, he is currently in quarantine. Chris Russell is skating, but not ready to come back in the lineup. Elsewhere, here's Brendan Escott. It is Kevin Hayes out of Philadelphia that had abdominal surgery this morning. He'll now miss somewhere around the first 10 games of the Flyers' season. They are already without hulking defenseman Samuel Morant for uh, six to eight weeks to start out as he works back from knee surgery. All right, uh, when we come back for Sean and the gang at Scott Arthur Millwork, it's the Oilers Now Prospect Report. We'll talk about some of the guys that are going to play tonight. You're listening to Oilers Now. It's 126 in Edmonton. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Um, you know, Seattle's been wanting a team, I think, for a while. And, um, you know, for them to be able to get uh, a team there, it's, uh, it's going to be awesome for them, and I think they're going to love it. That's Kyler Yamamoto, who kind of indicated that he and Doc Ryan, Derek Ryan, who was on the show yesterday, would be playing in Seattle. Well, not in Seattle. We're flying to Seattle, but in Everett on Friday. So tonight it's the Oilers and the Kraken. Tomorrow, Edmonton takes on the Winnipeg Jets. Brennan Escott will be hosting. Uh, Jack Michaels and myself will have the call of tonight's game on the Oilers Radio Network with Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, and Brendan Escott, who's uh, going to be helping us out. And uh, and then tomorrow it's Cam and me in uh, Winnipeg. Friday, uh, Cam, or it'll be Jack and myself in Everett. Wednesday and Friday, Brendan Escott will be hosting Oilers Now. You're going to hear his voice momentarily. As we go to the Oilers Now Prospect Report, it's brought to you Tuesdays and Thursdays by Scott Arthur Millwork. Customer, uh, custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Here's Brendan Escott. 
All right, well, it's a veteran forward group dressed tonight, uh, but keep your eye on top prospect Tyler Benson and uh, Ryan McLeod on the fourth line up front. See if they can't reignite some of that uh, chemistry from Bakersfield last year. It is a younger back end, though. Rookie defenders Philip Broberg, Philip Berglund both in. So is Marcus Niemelainen. And, of course, Evan Bouchard getting the call as well. No rookie goaltenders tonight. Smith and Koskinen uh, will enter following solid performances against Calgary, both by Stuart Skinner and Ilya. Konovalov. The two first-round picks for both organizations not playing. Matty Beniers is the first-round pick for Seattle's second overall. He's at Michigan uh, this year, and he will be joined by number one overall pick Owen Power. Beniers went number two, and uh, Kent Johnson went number five to Columbus. Uh, Power obviously going number one to Buffalo. Uh, the Oilers, Xavier Borgo, goal and assist uh, chance. I, I think he's going to get at least one more preseason game in. We'll see how long he lasts here in uh, training camp again. Uh, we will be doing uh, the Oilers Now Prospect Report every Tuesday and Thursday for Scott Arthur Millwork. One guy who will play is Riker Evans. He's out of the Re- Regina Pats, second-round pick in this past year's draft for Seattle. And Regina's got this kid named Connor Bedard. He's pretty good. He's probably going number one or number two overall in 2023 NHL draft. 130 in Edmonton off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back with Kurt Hill. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.